You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions Aid, the Google Ads agency. Scott, with the Daily Google News, I'm here with my buddy, Jan Slonik. Yes. How did I do? Good. Yeah. Longtime yeah. YouTube subscriber, asks brilliant, brilliant questions. One of the sharpest guys that shows up to our live regularly. How long have you been watching us on the tubes? I think I've subscribed before you had 1K subscribers back when we didn't know what we were doing. The truth is, is we still don't know what we're doing. Uh, no, uh, no, no. In the infancy of the YouTube days, super appreciate you, man. You've always been just like so engaged and you bring hard questions. And those are my favorite people because it means you're thinking. Jan moved from the agency world to the freelance world. Correct. And I love those stories because I feel like so many people need to do that in art maybe, or want to do it and don't know how. We're going to hopefully get there a little bit. Jan, tell us if you don't mind, just a little bit of your background, a little of the story. Yeah, maybe I just want to touch on, because you said, I think a lot of people are scared to do it. Yeah. Because it's a hard move to make because you don't know, like whenever something is hard, I feel like you grow, right? I think it's really like, important to ask yourself those questions if you are a right person to do something like this. And if you can do it, or at least try to do it, it's going to make you grow no matter if you go back to work for someone else or if you're going to stay a, a freelancer. I grew like personally and on a business level the most since I've moved. So it's been three, good three years now. I started in an agency because my brother is a, an agency owner, but I quickly figured out it wasn't for me like the nine to five. I'm not a morning person. So it was really hard for me to get up. I, I like to stay up late at night. I figured, and also he figured out like after a year and a half ish, that it just wasn't working right. This isn't where you're um, most effective. I want to meditate yeah. on that for just a minute. We, for some weird reason, globally like to shame people that don't fit in the box. I agree. Yeah. Right? Like that's, you just, there's something about it. It was like, oh, you don't conform. And so you need to feel bad about yourself. You're doing it wrong. It's such a flawed model because often, not to pander, but those are the sharpest people. The people that really should maybe be given the flexibility that they need to go do the thing that they're doing. And my business partner, John Moran, is, he's like that. John's a night owl, stays up at two o'clock in the morning. John is horrible at following processes. John doesn't do a bunch of things that if we were a brick and mortar, not brick and mortar, but like, you know, ivory tower, white glove agency, like he wouldn't have lasted 30 days. And yet he's the best Google ads guy in the whole wide world. Yeah. So what I'd love to do, and this is more for our, our listeners and our viewers, Johan, than it is for you, but I love what you said, like, oh, I figured out this didn't work for me. That's okay. Stop trying to smash yourself into a box like your Play-Doh. You're not. If people really like the nine to five and they feel really comfortable with the security and they're like, gosh, I'm, you know, I have a ton of fun being here. Awesome. If not, there's nothing wrong with you and do what Jan did and take the leap, which is scary. So talk to us about that. Like, year and a half in the agency, you figured out like, all right, this isn't really my jam. Were you scared? Were you ready? How did that feel? I definitely wasn't ready. I wouldn't say I was scared. I'm like not such a person to be intimidated by something I feel. Yeah. Like I just go with the flow, right? What happens, happens. I'll figure it out in a way, right? But if I can just step back a bit, because I think it's important because it starts in school, right? Because you just learn a wide variety of topics and you can be only good at one, but the school system tells you, oh, you're bad, right? right? But if you're good at that one thing, just do that one thing, right? And just do it great and 
things are going to work out for you, I feel. I don't think I was scared, but now that I have eight clients, I manage eight clients with my girlfriend as well. Business is going great. So when you answered I, two of my questions, but, yeah. but you skipped forwards, go out on your own. When you go out on your own, how did you get your very first client? Because that's every uh, freelancer's biggest problem is where does my first client come from? So basically my girlfriend was working with a guy that was working as a freelancer for another company. And he said that they needed a Google ads advertiser. Okay. So it was kind of easy to get the first one. Yeah. It so that's the story lucky. that I hear from a lot of people is they started their freelance career after a client fell into their lap. Yeah. And so really for those watching that want to start freelance, maybe that's the key is run a flag up the pole, yeah. you know, on, on LinkedIn, put word out, start talking to your network and just let people know, Hey, I'm interested. And you don't have to quit your job, by the way, you can work your job, work freelance on the side, and then kind of figure it out. How did you decide what to charge them? How did you know what to bill? Basically the agreement was about a minimum wage for Slovenia. So let's say you get about a thousand euro net in Slovenia, mm. it's a bit lower or it was a bit lower at the time. When I went as a freelancer, you have to open a sole proprietorship and you have to pay taxes. So it was like a thousand plus the taxes, let's say. So I knew I was covered on the lowest level I could be. And then I was like, okay, I'll get through the day with this kind of money. Right. And the initial agreement was that I will be working eight hours a day for that company. And I also did and still do some Facebook advertising for them. But nowadays I don't do closely to eight hours a day for that company, but I don't think that matters at the end. At the end is what you bring to the table, right? How well you can do your job, right? Dude, yeah. so you just said something that I think is really brilliant. The first piece of the freelancing model for me is you have to cover your nut. Like yeah. make sure that you can cover your core expenses. And then once you've done that, now you can start to be, you know, branch out, be more sophisticated, have higher end clients, but covering your core expenses is critical. Number one. Number two, the thing that I really liked is avoid anything that's hourly. It's not about the time in, it's about the output. What is it that you're doing? What is it that you're pushing out? And that's the freelance model. If you're going to be paid hourly, go be an employee somewhere. That's my exactly. opinion, I guess. Maybe I don't want to project that onto you. Do you agree or do you work on an hourly basis? I totally agree. I really rarely work on an hourly basis. If I know it's going to be a really short project, for example, mm. I might go with hourly rate, but I really try to avoid it as much as I can. Yeah. And so if you've got eight clients, how did you get the other seven? Yeah, I think for about a year, I only had that one client and I didn't feel like even I was capable enough to take on more clients because I was still figuring it out. Right. So I was mostly working for Google ads and sometimes I felt like I had no clue what I was doing. And th that's where your channel came that in. It doesn't go away, by the way. You're yeah. doing something right. I still have this. Yeah. But at least now I know, okay, I can do it at a decent level, let's right. say, to put it mildly. But I was still figuring out a lot of stuff. I was watching your channel, like I still do basically daily. That's how I leveled up my knowledge and everything I do. And then I got the second client after, I think it was just about a year, maybe a year and two months after the first one. And they reached out to me on LinkedIn. It was an agency that was looking for a digital agency that was looking for a Google ads advertiser because they didn't have a proper one in-house, let's say. 
and I still work with them to this day. And uh, I work on a, on two projects with them. Dude, so, that's awesome. I love yeah. that they came from LinkedIn, by the way. I, I feel like LinkedIn is underappreciated and it's a really good opportunity to do some networking. Not not that cold outreach, drop, jump in your DMs BS, but like some honest to goodness, real networking and outreach. If, I, if a meteor hit my business tomorrow and I had to just pound the pavement and get new work, I, it, it would be on LinkedIn for me. It's just so many people are so accessible. And if you'll take the time to really get to know them and their needs, I get that question a lot. Where do you find clients? And I think LinkedIn is a good place, but it's not just like, oh, can I do your Google ads via direct messenger? It's, it's being you know, intelligent and sophisticated and having good conversations. I don't even do that much on LinkedIn on its own. It's kind of surprising to me how many outreaches I get, how many people write to me that they need help with something or even job offers. And I basically always decline them because they want someone on the site, right? Mm. And I'm like, no, I'm really grateful I can do this freelancing work from my home, especially like I'm a big introvert, even though it might not show. I kind of learned how to be an extrovert, let's say, but in my core, I'm still a huge introvert and I really don't like big groups of people. And that's why this didn't work for me, right? Most of my clients came from LinkedIn or referrals someone knew someone that needed help that's the easiest way i feel like the longer you are in business more people will reach yeah, out to flows you. to the competent yeah. that's exactly that's right yeah yeah and when did your girlfriend start working with you it's been almost a year now maybe a bit less okay maybe eight ten months something like this she also brought a client with her when she started working we don't do work with them anymore because it was too stressful, too painful. And I think that's also important, knowing when to say no, do everything for money. Right. Like, I mean, of course, cover your basic expenses, like we said at the start, but at a certain point, just don't do it because of money. It's not worth it. It's really Your not business worth it. won't grow until you start saying no. I agree. That's a weird lesson to learn. And it took me longer than it should have, but your business will not grow until you start saying no. Yeah, and a lot of times, this no has to come because also a client says, okay, I can't pay this much. Can you go lower? You have to say no at a certain point, right? Yeah. I think it happens quite often, especially in Slovenia. It's a small market. There's mm. 2 million people in Slovenia. It's a really, really small market. I don't think we have a billionaire in Slovenia. No company I think ever sold or maybe one sold close to a billion. It's a really, really, really small market. And the average income is also not high, but that's why people will always try to push on the price. Mm. And you just have to start saying no here. It's really, really important. I feel. Are all your clients in Slovenia? Yes. All of the clients are in Slovenia, but they mostly sell internationally. Like I think like the community, like e-commerce community in Slovenia is quite strong. I would say there's a lot of companies and they start to mimic each other. They're really similar in certain ways. A lot of times they copy what they do, like sell similar products and so on. But most of them basically sell outside of Slovenia. You can make a living, but it's kind of small, right? Yeah. You're not going to get super rich if you just sell in Slovenia. So, but yeah, I have two clients that have over 10 million in revenue, which is quite, quite, quite big for Slovenia. This is quite big for here. Yeah, I'm not at 10 million in revenue. Hopefully there will come a day. What are your plans for the agency? Do you want to grow and scale as big as you can get? Do you prefer a lifestyle business? Like what's the, what's the grand scheme? That's a tough question. I don't think I want to like grow it 
as much as I can. I don't think that the market is even maybe big enough to support just Google ad specific agency. Probably is, but you would have to be really well networked. I'm not this kind of person. I feel it would be kind of hard. I feel mm. to grow as an agency. Maybe if I would be a lower level and someone else takes over the business side of things. Yeah, sure. But it's not a goal right now. I just want for my clients to do well. Basically, I want to take that burden of Google ads and do the best work as I can. And also I wanted to talk about client education, right? Because I feel like you and John taught me so much about how you should think as an advertiser, because in an agency, you don't think from a business development perspective. You just think as an advertiser, when I worked, I'm jumping a bit here, but when I worked in an agency, I get a fixed pay. I'm not incentivized. I'm sure not all of the agencies work in such a way. Also, I was a junior, so there's that, but you're not incentivized to think in a business development way mm. as an advertiser in an agency, I feel. And if the agency doesn't have someone that will think in that way, then the agency will basically stagnate. And now that I transferred into freelancing, yeah, from start, I was still thinking in an advertiser way, but now the more I educate myself, I realized how important it is to tell the client, look, it's not all about the ROAS, right? Especially here with most things, we are like three to five years behind the curve normally on general things. It's the same is true for advertising, I would say. And everyone still talks only about ROAS. No one talks about MER or they talk about lifetime value, but they don't really calculate it mm. or customer acquisition costs. Like, okay, you still have to have the cash flow for this. And there's not that much investment going on, like in the US, because I know there's companies that get millions and millions of dollars and can't afford to have negative cash flow basically because they get investments. But still, e commerce business owners don't think in such a way. And I think this is really important. I want to bring this forward to light. And so they start thinking in that way because they will grow out of it. And like, we will all grow as a result. It's really important, I feel. Yeah, I love that note. What other advice do you have for either people that want to become freelancers? And dude, you know what's funny? I don't consider you a freelancer. A freelancer for me is somebody who's doing ad hoc projects is more of like a, a Ronin, you know, they're a traveling samurai. You're an mm. agency owner. You've got eight clients consistently. You've got a staff member who's your girlfriend, <laughs> but still you have a team. That's an agency. It's a small agency. And I'm not, if you're well in the freelance badge with pride, then good for you. I don't want to take it away from you. I think it, it, for me, freelance is one step below agency and you've graduated agency and for whatever that's worth, I want to congratulate you on it because it's not a small feat. What advice do you have for people that want to move into freelance and or agency ownership? I would say don't be scared, even if it looks like a big task to overcome. It's not as tough later on, I would say, when you make that first step, you'll figure out a way, I feel. People, they thrive on like challenges, I feel. Maybe it's not for everyone, but I feel that most people that are just even thinking about this are 
one put through the door, right? Yep. So just like Kyle LaBeouf says, just do it. <laughs> I think Shia LaBeouf stole that from Nike. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but he made it popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else. We were talking about how I feel like I wasn't prepared. I didn't know how much work still has to go into this business side of things. I had to figure out stuff like taxes, invoicing and everything that comes with it. Right. So it takes a good chunk. The more clients you have, the bigger chunk it takes out of your day, but it's not like impossible to do. Right. Mm. It's not that hard that you won't figure it out. You will. Yeah. It's been the best move I've made. So yeah, just do it. Would you take clients that come to you from outside of Slovenia? Yeah, but it kind of depends. I and my girlfriend, we do Google ads for companies from Slovenia for other countries as well. So it would be kind of easy, but I feel like the US market, for example, is so much harder than European market because whenever I try something in the US, it has like 50% chance of not working. If compared to if I try it in on any European market almost, except maybe the bigger ones like are also tougher, like UK, Germany, France, for example. France is one of the hardest ones, by the way. I'm definitely open to it if everything you also have to feel the energy from the other side. I feel I sometimes get on a call and I just don't feel it after the call. Okay, I don't think this will work out. I wish you well. And that is it, right? You have to have similar goals in mind, I feel. How many languages do you speak? Well, it's English, Slovenian, and then Serbo-Croatian. I speak it three and a half out of five. I also speak some Spanish, basic level. Here's what I'm asking. If you're willing to take clients, and maybe it sounds like specifically clients from Europe could be great for you. And then there's a multilingual thing to contend with in mm -hmm. Europe that the States doesn't have quite as much. If somebody's watching this video and they wanted to work with you, how could they reach out? LinkedIn is the best. Okay, we'll include a, a link to your LinkedIn profile in the description of this video. Last words to you. Anything else that you want to touch on that we didn't touch on? I just want to thank you, John, Regina, F.A., Osama, Colby. I don't know. I probably missed someone. You guys are doing God's work, really. I can't believe your content is free. We've tried to charge for it. It just goes poorly. So <laughs> <laughs> we never cracked that code. <laughs> I mean... In a way, it's not free. I feel like in a way it's not free. Of course you get something out of it, right? Yeah. But just the fact that someone can type in something Google ads related on YouTube and get it like this, right? It's a miracle it's of humanity, crazy. isn't it? Like yes. we're just all helping each other. And I then mean, you get it back by many, many multiples, which is pretty cool too. I think like creating content is, I don't know, like this great thing that one can do. I don't do a lot of it. I don't feel like I'm the right person to do it because it's really stressful for me to do such stuff, but whoever does it, I admire them a lot. So I'm a bit of a gamer myself and I've tried streaming, for example. It's so damn hard. I yeah. swear to God, it's really hard. Everyone thinks you just sit there and play games. It's much, much harder than that. So whoever does content, I know how much work goes into that. And I just applaud you really. And I really, really want to thank you. I learned so much from you guys. Just who do you like more, me or John? Hmm. 
That's so hard to answer. I know the answer is obvious. <laughs> no, it's not obvious. You just have such different traits that you're not comparable, I feel. You're a great team that just works together seamlessly. You're both great at what you do. That's a very diplomatic answer, man. I appreciate you. He's the brains behind the operation for sure. I like to make people uncomfortable and ask that question because I know how smart that guy is. Dude, you did great. You said that you're uncomfortable creating content. That's surprising to me because this was a great video. It's a great interview. I think you're going to provide a ton of value to people. If you're watching this, hit you on up. If you're anywhere in Europe and you're looking for a Google ads manager, it sounds like he's going to be awesome. Knows what he's doing, has a heart for his clients. If you're thinking about freelancing, do it. Go for it. Make it happen. What's the worst that can happen? Right? What is the worst that can happen? Don't quit your job. I hate that whole narrative. Like burn the boats, jump ship, you know, go all in. No, don't do that. Run a flag up the pole and just tell some people, hey, I'm looking for a freelance client or two. And then be honest. What I like to do, what I did in the, anytime I enter any new market, I'm like, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm brand new at this. I'm still figuring it out. Now the trade-off there is you're going to get it for way cheaper than you get it otherwise. And I'm going to dedicate my life to getting good. And I think there's a lot of businesses that are really, really receptive to that type of narrative. So if you're thinking about freelancing, go in with that heart and just be honest. And it uh, sounds like it's the best thing that happened to you. It's the best thing that ever happened to me is going out on my own. And I know half of our subscribers are maybe thinking along those lines. So I appreciate your inspiration today, dude. If you're watching, like, comment, and subscribe. I shoot a video every day. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's sol8.com. Sol, the number eight.com.